Aloha, and welcome to another Candid Conversation. We're joined this afternoon with Metz Kramer, and we're continuing our discussions on the digital dealership. Our last podcast talked about jargon relative to the audience, then defining market segments, and then finally using that data and information to create a strategy. This is part two as we move along, and this one relates to marketing activities, and there's multiple pieces to this as well. Metz, welcome. Good to see you. See you too, Ron. In the last one where we dealt with the three, the jargon, the definitions, the strategy, I think we got the message across reasonably clearly, got a fair amount of of traffic on it. Today, the three are identifying the products to go after in in this segment, what channels to use as a second piece, and then the audience segment contact, et cetera, within the channel. And finally, how do we use all of that information together? So let's start with the products, the selection of the product in each segment as part of our marketing activity. The implication I think is not every segment is going to have the same product. True. Exactly. So one one of the things you start to realize is that in any business, you you make certain assumptions about what your products are. Um, and sometimes you get really kind of stuck on the idea that your product is the machine. Um, your product is the service department, which already starts to get people really thinking about what are my products really? You know, what, what defines me and if I'm sending out a message about a machine, is that really the product that I I need to place in front of that audience, or is there a different product that I'm not even aware of? I I learned this lesson doing one of those um, student painting companies uh, during university, and uh, it took me a long time to look back and realize that you know, I, I thought I was selling paint jobs. I was a pretty good painter first for years. And then I took over as manager. And I thought the reason that people hired me was because I was a good painter and we did a pretty good job. And that was pretty naive, really, because the truth is, uh, after many years, I realized that they weren't really hiring um, me to do a good painting job. They were hiring me because they liked the idea of helping put me through university. And I, I came to realize that when you know my first year I had like really nice pe- university kids working with me who were nice and gregarious and customers loved them. And then the next year I had more like technical people, people who were better painters, but customers weren't as happy. My sales didn't actually change. And so I think in the same way, a dealership needs to kind of think, you know, like, what's my product? What am I really selling? Um, and I think that product then becomes even more important when you start considering who the message is coming in front of, like which audience member is seeing it. Because there's where you differentiate, right? To, to, for as an example, and we'll get into it more later, if you put the same machine in front of the people that know you and people who don't know you at all, the person who doesn't know you at all only sees it technically. They don't know, they don't understand the other value that you bring to whatever the price is and to buying it from you. Whereas your customer you have already understands that. And so you need to think about those things when you define like, what's my product? Maybe the product, the most important product is your dealership. Nothing that it sells. Yeah. It's what, um, 
it's it's what we have a class called you make it matter mm -hmm. and that right. each each person who touches the marketplace touches a customer has their own brand that goes back to your painting days originally it's nice people at a university they're gregarious etc and the customers are happier because there's more than just a paint job they're they're contributing to society it, there's other values to it exactly and and then now we come into the situation the machine is is our our customer in the parts and service world it's kind of perverse if the machine doesn't operate we don't sell parts and service if it doesn't break down we don't sell parts and service yeah if we don't do a good job on maintenance so that it avoids downtime the bill goes up so there's a whole bunch of very simple chain consequences to activities so when i look at a segment i guess where you're going to take me is tractors with undercarriage are different than loaders with tires that's a very simplistic step segment true yeah like if you your, your customer segment um can be differentiated by the type of equipment they run and then that changes the kind of product that becomes interesting to them and does it matter if they buy these things from you now or not so that the i think it's important to put products in front of your audience members that matter to the audience member for the very important reason that the audience fatigues and we can all think about this like you sit in front of your computer and email keeps coming in and if you start getting emails from a source that isn't interesting it doesn't apply to what you are then you stop looking and so if you're if you're constantly putting uh, a message out to an audience segment that doesn't fit they're not going to look and they're and they're just when you do send them something that, that they should be interested in they're not looking anymore. And that's, I think, the, the kind of thing where we have to look from our own perspective and what we're used to, you know, what our own activities and response is to these kinds of things and really think about, you know, is it really smart for me to, you know, send articulated trucks to all my little landscaping customers? They're going to stop. They're going to start remembering that, you know, those notification emails from my company aren't that interesting to them, even when I do have something. So that's why I think... It's really important. And then, then we look at, at what I call delivery systems. One of those delivery systems is going to be an email blast to the general world, the general audience. Then there's going to be an email that's very specific to a specific product group within a specific customer grouping. Then there's the telephone where I call the customer and maybe amplify something or maybe it's a brand new subject. And then there's the touch point when a customer happens to come to the dealership that we constantly need to be having something available there for the customer contact people to be able to deal with. Am I making it too complicated? No, I, I think you're starting to, to touch on like understanding what audience is hanging out on, on each channel. How are they different? You know, that the person that walks in the front door um, is probably the same people that walk in the back door of the shop, um, but they're slightly different, 
right? There, there would be new people. The people walking in the back door, you know who they are. And so if you really think about that, that should help you define what is the what is a product that is interesting to the people who are coming in each door. So this takes us to some real fundamental basic marketing, what I think you have in your blog this week, the four P's, product, place, price, and promotion, which, yeah. by the way, has been updated. It's now called SIVA. Yeah. Solutions, information, value, and access. You, you got to change the jargon, kid. You know, you, you got to keep up to speed on this. I, I found like four C's. Seven yeah, that's right. Buy this. Here we like go. everyone's got something, you know. If you're a marketing agency, you have to come up with your own so you can trademark it and not pay someone else. Yeah, I'm I used to, I used to tease people. I took industrial engineering at university, yeah. and in the '80s, here comes uh, Geron and, and Deming, and now we got CQI or Total Quality Management. Then here comes General Electric and and Six Sigma, and then here comes the Japanese again in Five S and and I used to tease and say, well, in the consulting world, all we do is we change the title and change our price and go ahead. You know, <laughs> exactly. McKinsey can do it, but McKinsey can do it. We can't, but, or I can't. Yeah. So, so these things that we're the products, I'm calling them things, the products that could be a service. It could be an hour of labor, could be an inspection, could be a part, could be a visit. It's anything that is involved in helping your company sell to the customer. True? It is. It could be it could be the sales rep. Right? If you're doing it really well, we've talked a little about uh, the idea of the trusted advisor as a sales rep and you know, in an information-driven dealership that you bring value every time you show up to a customer site if you bring information that's of value that helps your customer run the business so in a sense you know if you can develop that relationship if you can bring value every time then you could actually make the sales rep the product and this takes us to the place that after every interaction we want to have some matter measure of survey was that helpful or not did we do something for you or not very simple things not taking a long time but did we satisfy your needs? Could be that simple. Yeah, that's taking information back that we learn, like um, like the survey results, but even something as simple as like, you know, which kind of email blast gets more opens, right? Like what we say, the defining component of the digital dealership is that it uses the information, it analyzes the information, it uses it to define it, you know? And that's why I think sitting down as a dealership occasionally, and redefining what your product is in detail and just going through that exercise is really valuable rather than saying, oh, well, you know, we did our business plan 25 years ago and the product is wheel loaders and excavators and parts. So we don't have to go back to the beginning like that. I think that's where you miss out, where you're, you're missing what the message is that you're getting across and why I think it's useful to do a little workshop with your team occasionally and really just rethink what are my products? How are my products perceived? Yeah, we used to, I used to have an exercise that I did on, we'd, we'd promote or suggest monthly meetings. 
And one of those meetings, we just have everybody, all of the employees, whether it's the parts department or the service department or, or together. So let's make a list of what the customers need and want. Yep. Just randomly, here we go. No, no filter, nothing. Just take them all, put them up. And then consolidate them down so that there's three to five main points. And then what we would do the following month, we'd have the customers come in. Right. Five or 10 different, a smaller group, but have them sit in front of the room and tell the employees what they needed and wanted. Yep. The following month, then we looked at the disconnect between the two lists. And it was huge. Typically. But as we did that repetitively, the difference narrowed down. The same thing probably happens here when we're selecting which products and services to give to which segments. We get better at it. Yep. Yeah, you, pro you probably heard the term like um, A and B testing. Yep. It's really big in the software world. Um, with really, You're a victim of it every time you use a social platform you don't even realize that you're looking at one version of the platform and someone else is staring at the other version and they're measuring to see, you know, what the response is. You know, that, that's really the same kind of idea. If you put out two brochures and for the same product and whoever sees brochure A buys more than who says, who sees brochure B, then you're like, okay, A must have defined the product or connected with my audience better. I did a better job of understanding what the product was that the person was looking for in brochure A. And so I'm not going to use brochure A from now on. Give it a B. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's put a bow on this one relative to the products and services that we're going to do in each segment. And we'll move on to the second piece in our next session. So unless you want to wrap this up with a particular way, I'd like to close this piece down so that we can get over to the next. Does that work for you? It works for me. I think we'll go get back to the rest later. Okay. Thank you, Mets, and mahalo to everybody who's been listening to our blog. We look forward to seeing you at the next blog with Mets on the digital dealership. See you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. Should you have any thoughts or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com. The time is now. Mahalo.